Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. Today, it's me, Kylie Miller, and Mr. R.L. Frazier, and we've got a special guest with us today, uh, Dr. Ronnie Levy, our new rice research specialist for the, I guess, you, the state of Louisiana. So, say hello, Mr. Ronnie. Good morning, everyone, and yeah. I'm actually the extension rice specialist. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I misspoke there, but yeah, the, we're glad to have you on today. Um so let's get started. So um, I guess right now everybody's getting started in the field planting rice. Um, do you have a rice update for us or anything we need to be thinking about this time of year? Oh, yeah. Uh, we actually in South Louisiana are probably 40 to 50 percent planted already. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had some real dry conditions this last week, even though we, we kind of slowed down here yesterday and today with, with some uh Wet conditions, I think North Louisiana has been a little bit wetter than we have. It's kind of uh, prevented anything from really happening in North Louisiana. And it's a little early in North Louisiana. Typically, our, our planting dates really don't start in North Louisiana until usually about April the 1st or somewhere around then we'll start to see a little bit of rice planted in those areas. You're right, Ronnie. We've been getting pretty... Pretty good bit of intermittent rainfall. Uh, I reckon, first of all, you know, we're trying to get corn in the ground first and then because our guys, a lot of the, the rice guys that do corn and soybeans also. And so they, they're still a ways off. But Yeah, we've been getting corn planted and we've had really great weather this week up here, except for the, you know, you know, I mean, sorry, last week. But, um, you know, we started catching rains here about Sunday. And in my area, I think we've probably gotten up to three inches now so we're wet we're real wet um we always there's concerns about blackbirds uh i don't think there's any problem with ducks at least down in south louisiana we hadn't seen a duck uh what's north louisiana uh, Louisiana did have a few but but typically we we do have some blackbird issues a lot of people are are, uh, using some seed treatment for blackbirds uh hopefully uh we'll see them disappear here in the next couple of weeks. But again, that that's one of the issues. It's always a concern with, with planting early uh, blackbirds. Um, but again, we, we really hadn't seen any major problems in our planting uh, so far this year. We've got it planted, but now's when the, the problems really start. Uh, weed control is going to be the next major concern. Insect control, some of the early uh, insects pest on on rice when it first comes up. But so far, we're off to a pretty good start in South Louisiana. Uh, hopefully, um, we'll get some rice planted in North Louisiana. From what I'm hearing, uh, we've seen a, a major shift. Some some of the producers that did plant large acres of rice have shifted completely to soybeans. Uh, I think depending upon how much corn gets planted, if the weather permits, that'll probably take away a little bit of the rice acres as well. So we're seeing probably a, a, a fair reduction in rice acres uh, in the north northeast section of the state uh, due to the higher prices of, of soybeans and corn. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie, I got a question. Uh, 
How, how are they planting in South Louisiana? I know traditionally years ago, it was a lot of water seeded rice. Are they more to a stale or prepared seed bed drilling it? Or are they still doing a lot of water seeding or some of both or what? Well, it's a little of both, but, but primarily we went to mostly uh, drill seeded rice, okay. uh, either minimum till or, or, and I say minimum till they're preparing the seed beds in the, in the fall, right. uh, whenever they can. And then coming in and planting it either into a stale seedbed. Uh, this year we did have a lot of fields that got worked and planted into a work field as well. Uh, so most of it is drill seeded. Uh, they like that that method. I mean, it's it's one that you can get a lot of rice planted early because of the cooler weather, blackbirds. You know, a lot of issues that will help in getting you know drill seeded rice in. Uh, we still. Uh, typically now we'll start water seeding. We'll see more more of the fields getting water seeded at this time, but it depends upon uh, some weedy rice or, or red rice. Those things typically they'll they'll try to pinpoint flood, try to prevent some of that that uh, weeds that that they would typically that we have a hard time controlling, uh, help with use of water. Uh, but again, we're, we're, we are shifted from water seeding probably at one time 90% was 80, 90% to now we're 75% drill seeded. Okay. It's kind of what I thought, but I was just curious because, Lord, I don't can't remember the last time I've seen a water seeded field in North Louisiana. So, uh, well, you know, of course, you know, as you know, we're already making the shift here to what Kylie? Did you say 50, 60 percent of the rice is now row rice? It's a good bit of it, if not all that much. Some yeah. type of row rice. Let's put yeah. all different definitions of row rice, but something we've moved away from patties. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and, and we've seen successful. We've seen that in North Louisiana, in uh, probably a little over thirty thousand acres, or a little over thirty thousand acres of, of that type of production this past year, and and we were expecting more of it this year but then we saw the shift in in prices so that's probably going to affect mostly the row rice or whatever you want to call it but right <laughs> uh we'll we'll call it row rice because that's kind of the term that yeah that y'all have, yeah. have given it up there and it just uh is a little different than what we would say was drill seeded rice down here where we're planning on putting a permanent flood on it at some time in its life and leaving that flood until we drain for harvest. Mm -hmm. Right. And I reckon that's the reason I was leading up into that because that's one of the beauties we've seen when we started fooling with the with the row rice is you can make those last minute changes to either plant it in rice or to plant it in something else without affecting your field work or your field preparation or whatever you may have already done. It just rolls right into it. Uh, yeah, and and basically um, there, there's some, there's some concerns. I mean, every time, every year, we we see that there's going to be issues with weed control over time. Uh, it is a big expense, uh, and with having where you actually wetting and alternately drying, you're actually encouraging weed to uh, emerge. So it does create some issues with weed control. Uh, also for uh, nitrogen loss. When we're drying those fields, then you have the potential for denitrification and, and, and nitrogen losses from those fields. So we do have to manage nitrogen a lot different. And also, 
uh, diseases. Uh, one of one of the most serious diseases is is blast or rotten neck blast, and that dry condition it encourages the development of, of blast. That stress of that rice being dry at that time can cause uh, increased blast issues. So there's some things that we need to consider uh, that producers need to look for, try to control them early. Weed control is probably the thing that you don't want to let those grasses or broadleafs get ahead of you. Uh, most of the herbicides that we have are very good on small weeds or even pre-emerge. So if we can control them early, then that's a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, we've been very successful. One of the biggest things that we've noticed, too, to help with it is you can't do continuous rice after rice after rice in this row rice situation. It works good to do a rice, one, no more than two. It's kind of been our experience. And then go to beans or corn or cotton or something and breaks that cycle. And I reckon in a way that's kind of a possibly long-term advantage of a lot of this row rice up here that'll roll into beans this year to break that that rice, uh, those weed cycles and, and uh, kind of clean them up, be ready for another year. Well, I always encourage people to use some type of rotation. And if you think about it, you know, rice is a grass. If you mm -hmm. go to some broadleaf yeah. uh, broadleaf crop like soybean, <clears throat> then you can change some of the herbicides that are used so we, we're, we're not encouraging resistance to build up in, in some of those weeds that we have in those crops. Because it's a lot easier to take a broadleaf out of a grass than it is a grass out of, an, out of right. a grass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the same vice versa, it's a lot easier to take grass out of soybeans than it is to take some of the broadleaf. So with those things, uh, a rotation is, is a wonderful way to prevent some of the insects and diseases and weeds from a, starting to create problems in the future years. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, you know, I, it, it's not for everybody and it doesn't work everywhere, but it has worked for us. We've had to learn some different, you know, management techniques, but we've, we've done really well with it here and never heard anybody that's used it that didn't like it up here. Right. I and it's not that. for all ground yeah. either. It's not for every piece of ground. It's the heavier the ground, the better it works. Well, y'all have had a lot of irrigation going in uh, yeah. over the last several years because of the profitability of being able to water uh, some of these crops. So with the irrigation already somewhat in place, it's not a big change swapping over to a crop that, that likes, yeah. you know, water like rice. Yeah, and it's, I mean, most, if you're already a grain farmer, you've got the, you get, pretty much got the infrastructure, you got a combine and stuff like that, so it's not like trying to buy a cotton picker or something, you you know, you're already kind of set up for it, so. Well, and, and rice is a pretty stable crop. Typically, we can make a crop with rice mm -hmm. as cons as compared to some of the other crops, uh, especially in, in South Louisiana. Uh, the soils in South Louisiana are really not favorable for for many of the crops like corn or soybeans because of the 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 hard pans the water holding the poor internal drainage really uh give us fits with trying to plant any other crop but rice whereas in in y'all's area you have a lot of flexibility in what you can grow 
the real thing with everything, and I like to encourage producers to, to do things on time. If you plant late, it's going to create problems with all of the things that we've talked about so far, insects, diseases, weeds. <laughs> uh, if you spray late, you know, if we wait to spray weeds, we're going to have larger weeds. We're going to get less control. If we delay our floods, if we delay nitrogen applications, all those things, if we can do things in a timely manner, and I, I know it's hard sometimes because everybody's doing it at the same time. Yeah. Well, one of the things I had on my list for us to talk about today was plant population. Do you have any recommendations on that? Oh, well, of always. I figured you did. <laughs> and when we talk about plant populations, you know, we want a, a optimum stands, but we don't want an excessive stand. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't have but, you know, eight or ten plants per square foot. And we say, well, oh, that's, that's plenty. <laughs> you know, leave that. Don't, don't try to go in and do anything to to disturb that. Typically with most grasses, and this is always the case with pretty much a lot of the crop, you know, with grasses, you'd like 15 to 20 plants per square foot. Now, hybrids are a little bit different. Um, they typically uh, put out a lot more tillers so that we, we can reduce those numbers in, in those plants. Uh, so if you're looking at a hybrid, then you're gonna see a lot less uh, plants per square foot. And one of the reasons is the cost of seed. Cost of seed is going to influence. They would probably like to plant a few more and have a few more plants just to feel a little more comfortable when they look at the field, but it's just not cost effective. But uh, and when we talk about our conventional varieties, you're probably looking at I like to have about 10 plants per square feet. Typically, we'll get about 50 percent plants to survive. So you're looking at somewhere around 20, 25 seed per square foot. Our publication that's available on the web or from any of the extension offices has information about the seed per pound. And as you know that in today's world, we look at seed per pound because each one of the varieties, because of the size of the, of the seed are different. So you need to look at how many seed per pound and adjust your seeding rate based on, on that, that information and try to put out where you're going to get somewhere and that that you know 10 to 15 plants per square foot but i i mean i've seen excellent rice production with even conventionals down at, at seven eight plants per square foot so depending upon a lot of other factors um you know how good is the seed bed when you go in you know what kind of uh, conditions is it early in the season when it's cool we may have to increase seeding rates but again, anytime we can get to that, I like to just throw out a number, you know, 10 to 15 plants per square foot, then then we're going to have, you know, that optimum stand. And I would think that that's going to give you your highest yields. Okay. Well, uh, Mr. Arrow, you got any more questions? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I can think of right off the top of my head right now. Yeah. Uh, Nitrogen fertilizer is a is always an issue with especially in in your areas up yeah, there. Yeah. We uh, depending upon what type of of nitrogen that you're going to use on on rice. Typically, there's all kinds of different uh, fertilizers out there, but uh, for rice, typically we uh, 
we use urea, ammonium sulfate, you know, some of those types of fertilizers if you're going to put them out. And we'd like to get them watered in. <laughs> and we'll say watered in to where they're going to um, be utilized by the rice in a timely manner, especially when you're going to dry that field again, because once you dry it again, you're going to start to lose some nitrogen. Mm -hmm. So the timing of your nitrogen application and the amounts uh, are very critical, at least early in that, that plant's life as well. So try to, to think about when you're going to put out this applications and how much to uh, maximize yields. And I guess with the price of fuel going up, I hadn't, I hadn't looked at the price of uh, nitrogen, but I've heard it's expected to go up significantly in the next several days. So uh, I don't know if Mr. R. Have you heard anything on, on well, nitrogen costs? I don't cost? remember the numbers, Ronnie, off the top of my head, but I was visiting with a corn farmer Friday, and he was highly upset. Uh, he was supposed to have had some enough fertilizer booked, and it, it didn't get booked. And it was almost a hundred. It was like a hundred dollars a ton higher what he had to buy it for that day versus what he had had it booked for earlier back earlier. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's we're it's beginning increased, to pretty yeah. significant. So I'd encourage if uh, if they're you know planting rice that they look at that and, and maybe look at booking some of those uh, input costs uh, since we're anticipating higher nitrogen costs in the future higher fuel cost as well. This is one of the things that's encouraging. I mean, here, I, I want producers to, to, to plant rice, uh, but again, we'll probably see a shift because of some of these input costs to soybeans, where your actually input costs are a lot cheaper for a soybean crop as compared to a rice crop due to some of the things we're seeing with these higher prices of, of nutrients and, and fuel. <laughs> Yeah, they all seem to kind of follow one another, so. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> that I've seen on rice, USA Rice the other day, was it some new some new market that was potentially opening up for U.S. rice? Oh, Lord, I can't remember what I read now, Ronnie. I'm sorry. I'm getting old. Well, there, there's always some uh, new markets that are potentially available. But until they develop, I mean, we've moved rice into some areas that we hadn't previously. Uh, you look at the, the there's demand for rice. Uh, one of the issues that we, we always face is the quality of rice. Uh, U.S. rice was always in big demand because it was real high quality. And that's mm -hmm. what we want to continue to, to uh, have available is real high quality rice. So if you have a good quality product, then, then typically there, there's some demand for it. I guess maybe you were talking about Cuba. Uh, there was interest in maybe uh, starting to move rice into Cuba again. But again, there's a lot of uh, political issues and, yeah. and economic yeah. issues that always uh, come surfacing when you start talking about moving rice uh, in, into Cuba. Yeah, it must have been. There it is. U.S. meets with uh the new Cuban ambassador. So yeah, it must have been the one I was referencing. And and there's some there's always uh, that's been a touchy subject. Uh, but but again, 
I'm won't get in. I, I I really probably won't. It's best not to get in to that right. over over the over the wire. Oh, but, no, 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 but no, again, no. There's there's some issues that uh, when it's paid for it and the the payment of it is probably the biggest concern. Right, right. And, and I was thinking it was something else other than Cuba. You know, like I see Colombia, but the, on the USA Rice page, is that what you were talking about? Maybe. What's that? Colombia. Maybe the, yeah, that's it. Columbia. Now, I, I mean, I didn't find that page, but it was something about Columbia. It was something other than Cuba. And, you know, anyway, just anytime yeah, I we think the tenure, more markets, I you think know, it, it, potential for more money. Oh, yeah. They're there. There's always looking to to move rice. And as as populations grow around the world, uh, there is a big, bigger demand. Uh, it's just depending upon what countries uh, do the currency and and value how much uh, of that market share we actually will be able to uh, move into. But uh, we've seen rice prices uh, kind of up and down in the last couple of weeks, and hopefully we'll see that trend as uh, we start to get planning. We'll get a little bit better handle on what prices will, you know, how they'll finally shake out. A lot has to, to do with with some of the other states, how many acres that they actually plant. We anticipated an increase in acres in Louisiana. Uh, that was prior to these higher prices in soybeans and corn. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, we probably might not make those numbers. We'll probably be closer to what we were last year. Uh, some of the other states had already talked about reducing acres in rice. So we thought that that was probably what was driving the prices. But again, until until it gets planted, we won't know for sure. But I think those other states as well are going to see reductions because they have the potential to plant other crops as well. Well, Mr. Ronnie, do y'all still do the rice verification program? Y'all still do. doing we that actually, around the state? We are actually, we have actually visited with, with, uh, four of the farmers uh, and and been in the fields. We actually mm -hmm. have one one of our verification uh, fields already planted mm -hmm. in the Calcasieu area. We have one planned for North Louisiana uh, with Bruce Garner mm -hmm. and one of his producers there. We have not met with that producer yet uh, because typically it's a little later, the first part of April before y'all get started. So mm -hmm. we're looking at probably coming up in the next week or two and uh, meeting with the producer, getting that getting that kicked off to where we'll start with the recommendations. We'll look at uh, fertility and all aspects of crop production. It's a very good program. Uh, Mr. Keith Fontenot is, is helping with the program again this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and the extension agents in those parishes that we that we're that we're in, we try to work with a producer for a couple of years, and then we try to rotate that around uh, in the different parishes uh, throughout the state that produce rice. I think we've had one in there with with you, Miss Kylie, in the, a couple of years ago. Yeah, so Thomas, we're, we're always Thomas open to it, uh, and it just it, depending upon the year, how many that we can get in. Uh, sometimes because of weather. Uh, it's not it doesn't work out, but most of the time we're able to uh, work with the producer and we've seen some uh, good results. Producers really like the program because it gives them a first hand look at 
It's some of the 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 information that's being generated at the research stations get to see that on their own farms. Yeah, it's a good program, and I guess the point is, you know, y'all, you, you or Keith or both of y'all, maybe you'll be in our region a good bit doing looking at that. So, um, you know, if anyone listening needs right. any assistance, you'll be around, I guess. Right, so. and and I'm I will be out a lot this year. Um, uh uh-huh. I like to travel the roads. Uh, Mr. RL knows that already. Uh, and what it does is a lot of times we'll be in North Louisiana once every week, mm-hmm. uh, at least once every week at that place. So yeah. it gives other people they know we're coming on a specific day or this day or Monday or Tuesday. So then we end up going to a lot of other producers areas right. uh, while we're in that area. So yeah. if you have producers that 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 uh, would need some assistance or like some assistance, Feel free to call me anytime, and my my truck got wheels on it, and and uh, I know with COVID they've kind of limited things in the past, but uh, I've had my vaccine, so I'm I'm ready to go, uh, and I'm I'm kind of we we're kind of all tired of being cooped up for these last years, year so so we're ready to get out and 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 help producers in the field. So uh, feel free to call anytime. Uh, all extension agents have my number. Uh, you can contact me at, at the Rice Research Station in Crowley, Louisiana. Or if you want, I can give you my cell phone number. is 337-581-4390. Uh, and you can reach me on my cell phone. Uh, try not to call me after 10 o'clock at night or before 4 o'clock in the morning. My wife doesn't like my phone to go off too early in the morning. <laughs> Uh, Bless Dr. Her, Dr. Yeah. Dr. Liston's probably the only one that calls that early, but uh, uh, we do get a few calls early in the morning. Yeah. But, uh, anytime, uh, I'm I'm trying to be available to producers. If I don't answer, to f- leave me a message and I'll call you right back. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, that's all the time I think I have. I'm out of questions. Uh, for you, but we really appreciate um, you being on with us today and uh, look forward to working with you this summer and, and we're excited to have you around, I guess. So um, the only thing I, uh, before we close, I want to mention that the pesticide disposal pickup still going on. Um, if anybody needs uh, is if anybody's interested in that, there's a form that we need to get filled out before. And that's basically so they know what to expect when they're at, you know, when you're dropping off. Um, you know, as far as how many people are bringing stuff. Um, but it, there's going to be on March 30th in Natchitoches um, at Old Three Leagues Gin, and then on April 1st in Monroe, at, and that's at the LDAF office. Um, but if you need any more information on that, reach out to one of your agents and uh, we'll get that information in your hands. Um, Mr. RL, got anything else? No, the only thing I'll add to that pickup, you know, we we need inventories of what you're planning on bringing mm-hmm. by uh, tomorrow afternoon. Oh, yep. All if right. possible. If yep. possible. I don't yep. think they would turn anybody away. It just, like you said, those inventory sheets is strictly for the company that's providing this service to prepare to know how many people to bring and how much equipment to bring. And that's right. all. Right just to be some little proactive on the back end so but yeah but anyway um again mr ronnie thank you so much for joining us and hopefully we can get you on again sometime but uh look forward to seeing you around this summer
Thank you, and enjoy visiting with y'all, and and looking forward to a very productive rice season. All right, Ronnie. Thank y'all. See y'all later. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local Extension office.